Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcand, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. Into Hour 2 on WEEI Football Sunday. It's going to be a rainy day at Gillette Stadium Patriots are going to welcome in the Los Angeles Chargers. And joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline to break it all down to preview it or to talk about the more interesting stuff is our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Yeah, uh, Tommy, good morning. Hey, Fresh. Nice job on the Super Bowls. Oh, thank you. Really enjoyed it. Watched a lot of it. Very nice. No, thank you. No, it's a, a long day of labor of love and, uh, Man, just imagine if young Tom Curran would have been able to play a high school state championship game inside Gillette Stadium. Well, I could have, but we weren't very good, and I definitely wasn't very good. Silver Lake <laughs> Regional High School. We won a Super Bowl before I joined under uh, John Montosi. They won a Super Bowl, but they didn't uh, lag a little bit in the ensuing years. Yeah, I think for, and, I was, uh, and Tommy, I do think for a lot of these kids, like for, for in our age group, it would be, oh, I got to play at the old Foxborough Stadium. It doesn't ring true like it does being in Gillette. Well, maybe not. Definitely. I mean, I don't know. Having grown up and just remember the Natick against Brockton or Natick against Wall. With Natick against Brockton, Darren Flutie. It's like some some of the greatest, most historic games in Massachusetts football history played in that stadium. It was a really – you're right, though. Gillette is a different animal. Uh, and you did a nice job. Well, thank you, friend. I appreciate it. He certainly did. Uh, Tommy, is, in terms of uh, bad weeks for Bill Belichick and for this organization, I'd say in the Belichick era, you know, between getting flexed and the Thursday night football graphic and the quarterback changes, sort of all this stuff, where where would you put it? I mean, it's got to be right at the bottom, right? Yeah, and it's funny because we're going to talk about that on our pregame show, and we keep discussing low points. And is this rock bottom? And Christian Fourier was exactly right. Rock bottom only proceeds to continue. There's no trampoline down here that it's gonna, they're going to come shooting off of. And they, when you're a team like this, each rock bottom is the next rock bottom. So it's, it's not going to stop. They're in a graveyard spiral. So there will probably be a rock bottom over the next six weeks to outdo Thursday's flex. 
So it's it's just it's a sad state of affairs. There's three games most likely for Bill Belichick at Gillette, at Gillette Stadium as Patriots head coach. And you know, I'm, I was thinking about this yesterday, Christian. It's not going to end with him being carried off the field by his players, but there's got to be some way that people can salute to, maybe not today, obviously, but they have a home game against the Jets. It's weird. It's a very weird dynamic, isn't it? Yeah, in terms of a potential farewell tour is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for everything that you did, which was unmatched and will never be seen again. Sucks right now, but... And he wouldn't want to hear that friggin' round of applause, or would he? It's interesting to think about. Well, as you think about that, Tommy, and, uh, you know, jumping there, there you go, Arkan. We found the more interesting than breaking down today's game. <laughs> Everything's more interesting you know, than breaking down I, I, I guess does it, you know, Tommy, I'm, I'm just trying to think of that, the like the romantic ending is sort of the, you know, we, we always wondered how will this end? And I don't know, did we ever play out the romanticizing of the Bill and Tom win the last one and then they ride off into the sunset together? Like, I don't know. Maybe we should have been more prepared for what might be an awkward round of applause for Bill Belichick after the organization and Bill don't really tell us that he might be leaving before they play that final game in Gillette Stadium. You know what I mean? It's just a whole bowl of awkward, and maybe we should have expected this more than what we sort of dreamed about the way it would end. But no one ever expected Mm -mm. a two-win team. Bill Bill always, I think that we all can one million percent agree that – the baseline for a Bill Belichick coach team would always be about six wins, and that was just the worst possible outcome because he was so good as a as an in-game coach. And finally, I think that the confluence of injuries, personnel mistakes, and just the malaise that seeped in, plus the situational stupidity and lack of coaching, there's plenty of things. All those things combined – made it, okay, it doesn't matter how good you are with the X's and O's, the Jimmy's and Joe's just can't help you. You're done. It's it's You can't win with these guys. Um, so I think that we're getting kind of a comeuppance in that, well, the Patriots are never going to be bad with Bill. I mean, think about it. They rebuilt in 2009. They're bottoming out after the 2009 season, which was them cratering was 10-6. and six. That was cratering, and a full reboot was done. So it's it's been pretty amazing. I mean, they they rebooted booted again in 2021, and they had a good season. And then you know the poop has hit the fan since because of attrition in many ways and the the lack of filling back filling spots. Tommy, I heard your uh, podcast partner Phil Perry talk about this. Do you agree with him that it's a mistake to bump the uh, to flex the Patriots out of Monday Night Football? Uh, I don't think that he was saying it was a mistake when the news, I think that he was saying, I don't think the Patriots necessarily are as rankled by it as we think that they might be. I heard him say on early edition, he said that there's still a lot of juice in the Belichick stuff and that, you know, there's a new quarterback and things like that. There's still uh, reasons why it might be a compelling uh, product or at least a compelling broadcast. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's why it was surprising to all of us that they got flexed. Right, okay. Is that if we didn't see meat on the bone, I was 
surprised last year when they flexed Raiders-Patriots, which in hindsight was a mistake if everything would have been equal. That would have been one of the most entertaining games of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, there's a lot of meat on the bone, but I think that the Crafts could do without a three-hour dissection of all the things that have gone wrong with their franchise. And Bill probably could do without three hours of sideline close-ups of him scratching his nose and being disgusted. So you think the Crafts would be more embarrassed by the team actually playing in primetime than getting flexed out of it? I don't think that they rises to the level of major. I mean, it's a big deal this week, but relative to something that's going to carry a lot of sway in their lives, I think that we necessarily react in a certain way, Chris, indefinitely. But I think that as they look at it, after probably 80 primetime games over the last 20-odd years, getting flexed out of Monday night in week 14 against the Chiefs, they're like, well, that sucks. It's embarrassing. I don't think – I think that they can find a silver lining in it is what I'm saying. I just don't think that it rises to the level of indignation that many of us would imagine it does. Yeah, I'm uh, – uh, my whole argument, Tom, was the – yeah, it stings in the moment, and the reason people are making it a big deal is because it's the first time it happened on Monday night, and therefore everybody jumped on the, oh, it's the first time it's happened ever. Okay, well, they've allowed that to happen for the first time ever. There is that, but also I brought up Tommy, and I'm curious to, if you know this, and I'm not trying to trap you. It's the whole making a point. Do we remember sure. the very first bad teams that were flexed out of a game on a Sunday in 07? Because this was being painted as, oh, my God, it's the first one on Monday night. It'll be remembered forever. I think we're just so used to it now that it's okay. You take the short-term hit, and then, oh, crap, they're playing on Thursday. How bad could this be? You're going to forget about it pretty right. quick, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just an indignity. In, uh, they're suffering an indignity that lesser teams frequently suffer. But what we perceive to be a national brand, even an international brand, we thought would be beyond having to suffer that indignity. Like, are the Cowboys going to get flexed? I don't know. It's been a long time since the Cowboys were a 2-19. But if they were, I think that they probably would be when you really think about it. And I don't think the people paid. I don't pay any attention at all to, is it Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night? I don't know what night flexing happens. I just know what happens. So... Anytime you're flexed, whether you're the first ever on Monday night or the 12th ever on Sunday night, when you get flexed, it's not good. Yeah, those Chiefs, they should really try and uh, be better than they are. Um, Tommy Curran joining us here on Football Sunday. Tommy, what do you think the uh, leash is going to be like for Bailey Zappi today? Will he even have one? Just don't actively cost the team the game. I mean, just, just be an upgrade, and I think that he'll have – a very long leash to make the mistakes that are inherent for a young player who's making his first start might be a little bit overmatched for a two and nine team and is a developmental player. So I think he's going to get that level of latitude. Where do you land on how we will see Malik Cunningham today? Packages, I would think, Rush. I mean, they had a package drawn up for him for the the Raiders. I don't think that they're going to platoon. 
as they may have done last week, even if Mac Jones was okay and not abhorrent. But I think uh, you'll probably have a package of plays, a little bit of a slash type setup for him. Does he got to play wide receiver today, considering the wide receiver group doesn't have pop, no booty, yeah, no. no one. Yeah, I, plus, I also think, too, Tom and Arcan and I were talking about this. Don't you got to get Cunningham on the field in other ways before it's, hey, let's put him in and here's the gimmick guy, and you're just sort of telling everybody that the gimmick guy is in the game. I agree 1 million percent. You can't, if you're going to have him on the field at the same time as the other quarterback, then you have to have him out there catching passes at least once or twice or running routes. Otherwise, people are going to say, well, he's out there. He's either a straight decoy or he's going to motion in and play quarterback. So, yeah, maybe he'll get more reps at wideout as, you know, with the attrition at the position. Hey, that was a good run. That you pointed out. Uh, Tommy, is Mac all done here? I think it's premature to say that just simply for the fact that until you have a solution, you really shouldn't jettison the person who's holding the job. So, you know, I understand, and it's certainly valid that he has to be replaced, but you need somebody to take the snaps until you have a better solution. So whether that's a veteran quarterback, whether that's somebody you draft, I would think that the draft would be certainly a time to really scrutinize whether or not Mac continues with the team going past that. You know, you know, you draft somebody, you trade Mac on day two or day three. If you don't, you kind of have to continue into your off season with him playing the position. Well, you, you get into hoarding players a little bit as well, in part because I think the bigger question will be, Tom, who's going to make those decisions. So at the end of the year, it's almost like, all right, the roster is what it is. Now we got to figure out who's going to be putting it together next year. Is it Bill? Is it someone else? To me, it's almost like cart before the horse. I don't know how many personnel decisions can be made until we know what the new setup is going to look like, if there is going to be a new setup, which a lot of people think there will be. Yeah, there'll be a new setup. Um, there's no thinking about it. I don't think at this juncture. As, you know, it's, he, he'll, it'll be over for Bill at the end of the season. And whether it's a Gerard Mayo, Bill O'Brien um, combo platter, or that they go outside the organization, which I think is far, far, far less likely, somebody has to be able to make the decision on Mac with clear eyes and all the evidence and figure out, is he the kind of person they want? Is he the kind of leader they want? Does he have the skill level they want, the arm talent that they want? the mobility that they want, and the contract that they want. Right now, the only thing that would argue in his favor is he's got the contract. Right. That's it. Cheap labor. Tommy, thank you, friend. Have fun today. I'm sure it's going to be great. It'll be interesting, buddy. It'll be interesting. There's no two ways about that. It is interesting. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested in, yes. the, in the Zappolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zappapalooza. All right, buddy. All right, we'll see you, Tommy. There we go. There goes Tommy Kern with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Reverend Arcan is in next for his breakdown. Uh, We get closer to the uh, college football playoff selection stuff. Uh, The rain is falling at Gillette. 
Lots of people tweeting out photos from not only an empty stadium, but empty parking lots mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Arcan, hold on. Non-Reverend Arcan now has your trending. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more of the guys. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. All right, good morning, congregation. It is Reverend Arkan, and it is time for the Sunday Scouting Report. This week, it is the L.A. Chargers, formerly the San Diego Chargers, who had a song I really used to like. You know you know what I'm talking about, Gresh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Brother Joseph, that... if you could. Can we get the San Diego Super Chargers song? There we go. Now, this is music right here. Yeah. It's too bad they moved and they had to stop playing this. Who did they steal this from? I think Houston and Miami and Had San Diego. No, but it was like versions of other songs somewhere really? that they stole and adapted to them. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't I know. I know that uh, who, someone, either the Saints stole Houdat from the Bengals or the Bengals stole Houday from the Saints. Uh, there was that. And then. I forget which one was, and, was first. And then yeah. the, the Miami song. Miami has the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. The greatest football that team. That was yeah. apparently an adaptation of something from Houston. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, come on. How many? How many of these organizations are gonna? All pay I know to have is they don't music? do these uh, disco songs anymore for NFL teams. No, and, that's a real and they should. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Chargers. One of the great disappointments in the NFL this year. Let's begin by asking the question: How did they get here? Okay, the Chargers uh, share a lot in common, Gresh, with some recent Patriots opponents, the Commanders and the Giants, and that they all just have four wins this year. And also, uh, much like the Giants, the Chargers were a playoff team last year, but more so than the Giants and more so, I'd say, than a lot of NFL teams, the Chargers came into this year with big expectations and have already, I'd say, come up very, very short of them. Uh, the Chargers' preseason over-under win total was 9.5. They went 10-7 and seven last year and uh, got beat at the buzzer by the Jaguars in the wild card round. Right now, they already have seven losses, um, and that is matching their loss total from last year. They're at 4-7 and seven, uh, with games against the Chiefs, Bills, two with the suddenly red-hot Broncos mm. uh, still to go here for this team. So I would imagine that overnight, if you took that over 9.5 in the preseason, you're not hitting. Uh, The Chargers defense has given up the fourth most total yards in the NFL this season and the second most passing yards. And uh, they got talent. They have Bosa. They got Khalil Mack on the edge. Derwin James in the secondary. Uh, The blame has fallen squarely on the shoulders of the very touchy Brandon Staley, who, according to reports, is going to need basically a miracle to hold this job uh, after the season is over. I think uh, we may come away saying, oh, that Derwin James guy. Yeah, that that guy can really play for him. It's more about health. But yeah. 
that would be the kind of player that you know old school Bill Belichick would have been looking for when he was bringing in like Tank Johnson in 07. <laughs> yeah, uh, Derwin James, famous for the body slam of Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Like it. One of the great plays of this of this decade, I would say. Um, anyways, uh, let's get to the last game. Last saw the Chargers, they were losing their third straight game. This one the uh, to the rock-solid Baltimore Ravens, who turned them over four times, three fumbles, and they picked off Herbert and route to a 2010 win out in L.A. This game also featured a 19-play, nine-minute Charger drive that did not result in points, Gresh. Oh, That's boy. always something you like to see. Uh, Herbert got strip-sacked on play 19. That's what happened. And it's been that kind of season for L.A., I'd say. Uh, they also lost to the Lions and the Packers during this skid, and they lost by a combined six points. So it's not like they've been getting blown out, uh, but they just don't have what it takes to get those stops at the end. Herbert often hands the defense a lead uh, in the in the fourth quarter, and they end up blowing it on defense. That's usually what's gone on here, and it's been uh, a real problem for this team. Let's get to some off-season changes. All right, the Chargers didn't do a whole lot in the offseason. Their only notable free agent signing was uh, linebackers, uh, linebackers, Vikings linebacker Eric Kendricks, who was an all-pro, I think, uh, four or five years ago. Uh, he was also the team captain there in Minnesota. It was a financial move for the Vikings. But Kendricks hasn't been great in L.A. I think he's third on the team in tackles. Uh, he's a veteran presence, I guess, but you haven't really noticed much of it. Uh, in the draft, the uh, Bolts took TCU wideout Quentin Johnson at pick 21. He's been eh, 11 games, 21 catches. 190 yards, one touchdown. I think his season high was a 50-yard game. Uh, in the second round, they took USC D-lineman Tuli Tui Pelotu, who has been a rare bright spot in the uh, really, really bad defense that they have there. Any other uh, changes that I'm missing? Any other draft picks you like for this team? Uh, no, no. Uh, I mean, really, they really kept it. They, you know, uh, stayed pat with their well, team. Well, they went know? by the book in a lot of ways. Yeah. It was, well, we know we're going to lose a wide receiver. All right, well, let's bring in Johnson. And, and that hasn't been great. I think he's been dinged up at points this year, too. There probably is at the wide receiver spot. Uh, a bigger case study to be done of wide receivers that get hurt when they're rookies right. and kind of the impact that it has on them. It feels like they almost can't overcome it because I don't think Johnson's a bad player, but he has not fit well. He has been as average as freaking old man Keenan Allen has been unbelievable this year. Yeah, Allen has been tremendous. And uh, with that, let's get to our players to watch. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Justin Herbert. Uh, despite their very bad record, Herbert hasn't taken really any blame for it at all, I'd say, which is rare uh, in the NFL, a quarterback to sort of skate when uh, your team's 4-7. and seven. But he's top five in touchdown passes. He's top ten in yards so far this year. He was the team's leading rusher last week, and Eckler was healthy, so uh, that's something as well. He's a dual-threat guy. He's not fast, but he can run and uh, considered still a top quarterback in the league. Uh, there's Keenan Allen, who didn't practice this week, but if he does uh, play – Consider Herbert to look his way often, I would imagine. He accounts for nearly half of Herbert's 217 yards mm -hmm. uh, last week. He was targeted 14 times, and that's not uncommon. I mean, outside of the tight end there, there's not a whole lot else. Yeah, Everett's uh, really offense. it, right? It's like Everett, Eckler, Allen, and then after that, it's almost game by game. Yeah, right. And then there's Eckler, who's the uh, dual-threat running back. More dangerous this year in the passing game lately, I would say. Uh, you have Derwin James, still considered by many a top safety despite this year. Uh, Khalil Mack, uh, sub the word safety with edge rusher. Same thing with him. And uh, Bosa's not playing. He's out for the year. All right, let's get to some former Patriots. All right, there are three former Patriots, and I think you can go back and forth. Former Patriots and current Patriots who are former Chargers. Uh, can you name the three players I'm talking about? I mean, Hunter Henry's an easy Hunter one. Hunter Henry's one, yes. J.C. Jackson would be the That's next one. That's the other one. one. And the third one is? Uh, 
the for the Chargers. He's on the Patriots. No, I know. I'm trying yes. to think of. Was it somebody it's like immaculate grid? Like, <laughs> I was to say, was this somebody had like a because I, I don't know the third defensive one. line uh, veteran talks to you. Oh, Lawrence Guy. Lawrence Guy played he for was the Chargers. A Charger? He was a Charger, indeed. He was a I LA Charger. Well, I, he was a San Diego. Charger. I was going to say I did not know that. Was it a quick stopover? Like, um, I, hold on. It's funny. I, 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 because I don't remember that. That's because we talk to Lawrence all the time, and we normally get into the Baltimore experience because for a period of time, Baltimore, New England. In the, you know, the what, the from 2010 to really 2019, it felt like that was an important game. So, guys started on the Colts. He was traded to the Chargers his uh, second year. I did not know that. And then he was traded from the Chargers to the Ravens his third year. I did not know that. Yeah, wow. so it was kind of so a, he's a yeah. So, he's a Charger, though. He is a Charger yeah, alum. Yes, the indeed. The first two are easy, but no, that's a good pull out of you. I never would have known that. There you go. All right, uh, let's get to some enemy storylines. <laughs> All right, one of them I just sort of brought up here, and that's Justin Herbert. Is Herbert maybe a little overrated? Like, people still talk about him with, with much reverence about how good he is, and he's obviously talented, but he's never won anything. He got uh, beat by Trevor Lawrence last year. Uh, a lot of people sort of say it's not really his fault the team's not good, but doesn't a great quarterback sort of elevate you a little bit? Yeah, you know? like, I'm conflicted on on this player because it looks like a hit, and he does put up good numbers. But I, I'm torn on these comparisons, and let me run it by you. I did bring up Matt Stafford earlier, mm-hmm. but is, is there like a Kirk Cousins 2.0 feel? Because every year yeah. people will say, wow, look at Cousins' numbers. It can't be his fault yet. To your point, when you need it, it feels like eh, maybe it isn't there. So I don't know. I, Herbert is a very interesting case study because I don't think anybody looks at him and thinks that he can't play, but is he – a great one like he's not joe burrow you know like to me in the afc after uh mahomes kind of joe burrow sort of that next dude and you know there's like dude in him but with herbert it's like oh he's a good player but he looks like a nice boy (laughs) i I don't I, i don't know where do you land on this guy i like him i still think he's a good player and he obviously puts up the numbers and uh and has the talent but you're right i thought the stafford comparison was a good one and I do think that Herbert could maybe go somewhere else and be successful. He's that kind of player. He's a he's a, a quarterback who I think you can just sort of plug and play on a lot of teams. Uh, you have to have some talent around him. I don't think he'd be great here or anything. Yeah, but, but like Eckler, you know, Eckler was screaming, hey, I should make $20 million a year, and then sure. he went and got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> he reminded point. everybody why people don't. So, like, he has Allen. He has Eckler. Hell, he had Hunter Henry at one point in mm-hmm. time. And, and, you know, first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First year of Hunter Henry here. The numbers were in accordance with what he would normally do, which is in the 50 catch, five to 600 yard, except the touchdowns went up here in that first year. Whereas in, you know, L.A. here, San Diego, then he was getting, you know, maybe two to four touchdowns a season. Yeah. Um, All right. Here's another enemy storyline. And this is one that's sort of been carrying over with the last couple opponents here. This is another team that has been rumored, a team that may be interested in Bill Belichick uh, bringing him in. What could Bill Belichick turn these Chargers into? How high could he take them, do you think? Yeah, right? it's interesting. Because, I'm going to ask for you this time. Well, clearly they need structure, yeah. and, and they need somebody to kind of take them to the next level. So I think he could get them to an 11-win team, 
But then again, like there's something missing there, and it's got to be more than just the coach. Mm. Uh, and we had heard from someone this yeah, his week. Coach is pretty pretty touchy. Right? Yeah, and we had heard from someone this week, and I I forget who uh, we were. I forget what national insider we were talking to, but that uh, Sean Payton was willing to take less money to go to the Chargers, and they still didn't want him. Might have been that guy who had that report on Belichick and and all that kind of stuff, okay. and how the Spanoses don't pay. But I don't know. There's got to be something more going on than just the coach. But I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a weird situation. It's very confounding to figure out. It certainly is. And the last one was, why does this team suck so bad despite all the talent that they have? And are they a team that could be you could be looking at is, you know, you, you fire your coach, but you also sort of look at this roster and think, why am I spending so much money on Mac, on Bosa, on et cetera, on James, on Herbert, on all these guys? It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And uh, they were sort of hamstrung trying to sign free agents. If they think they need some new blood in there, could you maybe see the Chargers starting to, you know, move on from some of those? Yeah, guys? I, I wonder. Like Khalil Mack has been awesome. He that guy been, yeah. is that guy's been fantastic almost wherever he's been. It's interesting because I have to think the move ended up sort of in some way either slowing down the development, the amount of money that the Spanoses would spend, like you know, whenever they tell you, hey, Cronky uh, gets to build Cronky land and, hey, as a parting gift because you're going to have to rent from him, here's $100 million from the other owners to go ahead and move your operations and then go play in a soccer stadium. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that can't hurt you just in terms of revenue, free agency, and the perception. Like, that's the thing. How in L.A. you already have a quarterback that people say is really good, yet still no one really pays attention to you. So how do you level jump that if you're the Chargers? That's why I think the sexy coaches or the big-name coaches might be the way for them to carve out a niche. I don't know, man. That's a weird situation. It really, really is. Anyway, it's uh, nice weather, that's for sure. I'm sure they're not going to be liking being in the Foxborough today with an 85% chance of rain. It's going to rain the God. entire game. And uh, there you go. That is the uh, scouting report for the L.A. Chargers. Mass has ended. Go in peace, my there congregation. There we go. Pass the plate. Oh, man. I'm on the beach. Well, this is good. You have to, like, throw your hands in the air like a, uh, like like a solid gold dancer. <laughs> yeah. Curtis is the only one that can hit the high notes here at WEEI with the uh, with the laugh. Uh, so, Dax Randall wrote about this Dalla, this He morning. sounds like the Joker when he laughs like that. Oh, what the? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, my God. We have a squeak chicken that is on order. <laughs> That is going to do the same thing as nice. Curtis with that uh, <laughs> with that uh, loud squeal of his. Have you seen this? The Chargers have the inactives out. The Patriots don't. Oh, they do. Who do the uh, Chargers have inactive? Anybody that we Chargers need to know? Chargers inactives are Isaiah Spiller, uh, Yasir Taylor, Zach Bailey, Nick Vanett, Simi Fahoko, to say that slowly, I... and Scott Matlock. <laughs> and that means Keenan Allen's playing. It sounded like you made up a naughty name there. Sine <laughs> Fahoko? Yes. Go Fahoko, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're waiting on the Patriots. There, uh, I know might be an actor. Well, I don't see. I don't think he, he can. wasn't out on the field. Well, I know that they said the uh, not out on the field, but uh, Dax Randall wrote about this uh, earlier today, and Mike Reese had a report on ESPN. Apparently, his was barring an unexpected change. The expectation is that Jones will still be a part of the game day roster as the team wasn't planning to enter the game with just Zappi and Cunningham. And this gets into that whole emergency quarterback, like third quarterback rule. So Jones can't be apparently the emergency quarterback because to take advantage of the loophole, the Patriots would have needed to add Cunningham 
to the 53-man roster rather than making him a practice squad elevation. So with only two quarterbacks on the active roster, New England can't make anyone the emergency quarterback. Hmm. Woof. Hmm. That third quarterback rule has turned into uh, more trouble than it's worth. Every time I read, you ever like read a book and you get stuck on a sentence, you keep reading the sentence over and over? Yes. That's what happens whenever I try and read or like try and, and process what the, third what the, quarterback what the rule is. I just read the same sentence over and over again. I'm like, what am I reading? Exactly right. <laughs> what does this mean? Like, so you have to be, uh, so you can't just be a practice squad elevation to then be the third QB, I guess. It's the whole got to be. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, I, I'm going to assume that Cunningham is on the roster today because he's a part of the wide receiver group because they're down people there. Right. And then the quarterback situation just kind of stays the way it is. But we know that Cunningham is going to likely mix in. All right. I mean, what a fruity whip headache this is. It is. It's 11:36 in the page. Every other team I feel like is, uh, has released their inactives, and the Patriots haven't. I wonder. I wonder why. Hmm. I wonder what's taking so long. This game doesn't matter. What what are you what are you playing around for? Why are you withholding your inactive? Yeah, Patriots? I don't and and the uh, What are you up to? Um <laughs> no, but I I saw that there was like an inordinately large group of uh of players that were out there like in the early warm-ups kind of mm-hmm. going through things. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Arcan, someone on Twitter is uh yelling at you. Oh. Can't leave out Adrian Phillips, who played for the Chargers for five years, according oh my to God, Andrew Pizzelli. Oh, my God, Phillips. How did I and forget him? he's with us, too. Yeah. We've had as much. Well, we've had a little less <laughs> hopes than we have Lawrence Guy. <laughs> now, Adrian Phillips. Oh, man, it's it, embarrassing. I can't Phillips believe that. I had a whole list, one. and Phillips was on it, and I forgot to include you him. You know what, though? Lawrence Guy, <laughs> knowing that he had, like, a stop there for about six yeah. months, okay, that is passable. I, I would not that have one known up, that. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, that's a bad Phillips on Phillips went right over my head. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Forgot about Adrian Phillips. Well, f- to be fair, Phillips has been easy to forget about this year. Well, he really hasn't played much, and yeah. it's interesting. All right, Patriots inactives. Here we go. Alex Austin. Jamichael Hasty, Vidarian Lowe. Yeah. Keishon Boutte. Mm-hmm. Demario Douglas. Dietrich, Dietrich Wise. Wise. So Max active. A surprise. I didn't think Dietrich Wise was going to uh, show up on the. Uh, I saw people tweeting inactive. about him walking around with like his arm in a sling or something like. Maybe not in a sling, but looking. Uh, no, but like there's something great, going yeah. on there. Yeah, like we knew that Booty and Douglas were were going to be down. Jamichael Hasty, it just feels like running back hoarding. I don't even know why they uh, jumped all over him, other than that they don't like the crop that they've got behind him. Alex, no one wants to see Vidarian Lowe. I've seen enough of that guy. So really, it's Demario Douglas and Dietrich Wise are the two guys that are not in who would have been counted on in some way. Yep. Because I don't know where you're at on Kayshawn Booty. I'm kind of like, all right. I'm uh, yeah. We're I mean, sitting listen, around waiting for a seventh round or a, a late sixth round, you know, wide receiver, well, I mean, hoping that he's like Pop Douglas and can show something. Pop Douglas is a sixth round pick too, but I mean that's that's sort of the point, I guess, is that's the the state of affairs here with your wide receiver group. I kind of wanted to see Booty because I agree. Like I don't think he was as NFL ready maybe as as Douglas was. Everyone sort of said, oh yeah, watch right. this guy, look what he's doing in camp and all that other stuff. And Booty was a good college player, but. It hasn't really seen it translate in that first game. You know, you remember him not being able to get his feet down. I feel like, you know, Bill can be a punishing authority figure, right? I mean, we agree on that. Like, oh, he yeah. Can, he can be that way, and I think that that's uh, sort of what happened with him. And 
I don't know. I mean, he's sort it's sort of like Zappy too. It's like, all right, he hasn't earned it in practice, but can we at least just see him? It's not like this, the season matters anymore. You know, that's sort of how I feel. Yeah, I'm uh I'm not as high on Kayshawn Booty as uh, others are, but at this I'd point see him than Rager. I, I, yeah. I I'm with you on that completely. Like if if we're getting to the Jalen Rager point of things, it's like, all right, if Booty is an option, you should not be playing Jalen Rager at uh, at this point in time. All right, so Hasty, Low, Austin, Booty, Douglas, and Dietrich Wise are the uh, inactives for the Patriots. And Keenan Allen is up because we're getting to, so what are we, week 13 in the NFL season now? So if you're in a well-run fantasy league, Arcand, this probably should be the last week of regular season play in a fantasy league, or depending on how many teams you have, you might be approaching the playoffs right now because you never go last week of the regular season in a well-run league. So you're probably regular season this week and then maybe starting to get into the playoffs next week or whatever. Yeah. So that's why guys like Allen playing today become massive. You're trying to get in as a, as a, you know, as the, the last guy in the group or whatever, and you can freaking play Keenan Allen. It's better than, you know, some of the alternatives. Yeah, although, you know what? I feel like Allen may not have a big game today because he's the only one that Bill has to game plan for, so he's probably going to have, like, there, three guys on him all yeah, day. And you know what it's going to be? <laughs> Gerald Everett's going to have the tight end game right, yeah. that everybody's been waiting for <laughs> because uh, after Hawkinson and Kelsey, the tight end group in uh, fantasy, has, uh, well, been kind of bad. Uh, Dietrich Wise is out with a shoulder slash illness is what it says. Oh, shoulder slash illness. A shoulder illness. Yeah. That I hate when good. I have a shoulder illness. Yeah, I know. You just had a shoulder <laughs> illness, didn't you? you? Or couldn't you chalk it up to that? Uh, I could chalk it up to several things, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot going on in my house this week. Not, uh, not good all the way around. Uh, we will talk to Christian Fourier coming up at the uh, top of the hour. Arcan and I will go through the other games of this week in the NFL We'll get you a couple picks and a prop on the way out and the very latest from across the league now that the inactives are out next on WEEI Football Sunday. We are right back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Across the league to see if there's any uh, real big inactives that uh, that we didn't know about, and there's uh, nothing really jumping Randall out. Randall Cobb's out. <laughs> Randall Cobb's out. Dalton Schultz is out for the Texans. Okay, that, that feels like one. that signing did not uh, go the way they expected. Even though the Texans are having kind of a nice year, uh, just trying to sort of scroll up here and uh, oh, the uh, Ronnie Perkins is an active for the Broncos. Did you even know you're the Broncos guy around here? Did you even know Ronnie Perkins was? percolating on that roster i honestly didn't and i don't even know what ronnie perkins looks like <laughs> i don't think i ever saw a picture of him ever yeah no it was only the uh, back of the jersey of him in practice if yeah. uh if anything uh though the dolphins have a tight end down that doesn't matter robbie chosen is down what's your favorite robbie chosen moment uh when he <laughs> changed his name the, for, oh when I he thought that the mascot was a bear and he's like what's that bear doing up there and they're like that's sir Per." i was only being a dink and just being half ass and you actually had something that yeah. is well done that was pretty funny that is fantastic you're exactly right and boy did i forget about that yeah, otherwise, uh, nothing really major. It doesn't look like in terms of uh, the uh, in terms of the inactives anywhere else. 
A uh, lot of guys who people thought would be inactive and are. Keenan Allen's one of them for sure. Uh, Tank Dell with Houston, yeah, who's up. been, I think, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL this year. You honestly. know what? Tank Dell's had a really sneaky nice year. He's I'm been tremendous you. this year. He's a huge reason. I know they got uh, Collins, too, but, I mean, he Dell, Dell led the NCAA in touchdowns his, uh, yep. his senior year. And it carried right over. He played at Houston, but it carried right over uh, coming to the Texans. Um, also, Cam Jordan's playing. Chris Olave's playing. A lot of people thought he wouldn't play today against uh, against Detroit, but he's in. Um, and I like New Orleans uh, to cover that, by the way. We'll get to that later. Uh, Hollywood Brown's playing, and Brees Hall. There were some questions about him with the Jets. He's going to play today. Too. Hollywood Brown is still around, huh? Hollywood Brown, still kicking. Wow. All right, then. Holy cow. Yeah. We're sitting around waiting for the uh, college football playoff stuff because it's going to uh, it's gonna cause chaos. One of their other wide receivers is out, uh, the Arizona. Oh, it, uh, uh, Michael Wilson. Oh, okay. He's then. out, but that's uh, Brown's in. Uh, yeah, uh, Mike Reese updated that, and you had the Dietrich thing. Uh, apparently the shoulder was on there, so the illness is an added designation because we know that the NFL is going to bust chops, especially for the uh, for the Patriots. Uh, the uh, referee today will be Bill Vinovich. His crew ranks in the middle of the pack and penalties called. Here's what I've learned about officials. You give them some bad weather, and unless it's egregious, those guys are going to be like, let's go. Yep. Wind the clock. <laughs> keep it going. Let's keep it going. Out of we bounds. Nope. He was down in bounds. Yep. Keep it exactly moving. right. <laughs> Again, if it isn't egregious, then uh, then maybe not call it uh, and let that thing go. By the way, uh, most updated spreads. Uh, this is courtesy of our friends at FanDuel. And I know that uh, we will be breaking these, uh, not only these games down, uh, but getting into some picks a little bit later on. It is holding a Chargers minus five and a half. Our candidate opened at six and went to six and a half, then settled at six. Now it's down to five and a half. So it's been hanging around a point uh, within the uh, initial opening line kind of uh, all week long. Steelers are apparently minus six in dealing with uh, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Texans are three-point favorites against the Broncos. Yeah. What do you make of that? I think that's very interesting. The game's in Houston, right? So Denver's on the road. Uh, Denver's red hot. They won five straight. I just sort of feel like... The way Houston sort of become the darlings this year, I think a lot of people are still maybe wary about Russell Wilson and uh, and that Denver team, but they're hard to ignore right now. Wilson's playing his ass off. Don't you think from the betting market standpoint, there's also a major public bias with Houston because flashy quarterback, flashy wide receiver, they're becoming an it team. Like yeah, you, absolutely. It's funny. You even mentioned it. That would some people that look at Russell Wilson with a crooked eye, but it's, ooh, shiny red ball with uh, <laughs> C.J. Stroud, yeah. and that inflates the market. I think Wilson Wilson has better numbers than Stroud. Uh, I would agree, yeah. But it's certainly in the last few games he does. But, I mean, you know, he's been he's been tremendous. Yeah, Russell Wilson got off to a bad start. But I must say, uh, it feels like he and, uh, and uh, Sean Payton are kind of figuring it out. Lions are four-point favorites at New Orleans. Uh, the Colts are minus one and a half at Tennessee. Real skinny line there. I can understand it. Like, Tennessee record-wise doesn't look like they should be that close an underdog but I kind of get it given what the Colts are going through. Yeah, and last week I told you I thought, I thought that uh, Tennessee-Carolina game was going to be a, a Derrick Henry breakout game, and it was. And it was. Uh, right. made, a, made a little coin on that one, which was nice. But um, I would think the Colts have a good defense, but I would think that you know you get Henry going a little bit, that that may carry over. Yeah, Henry and Zach Moss. I yeah. wonder if I can get a uh, like an over 200 combined bet on those two guys because Jonathan Taylor – out again. Yep. He's got a bum thumb now, apparently. I don't know. The Colts might be saying uh, hit the road at some point. RB it's, revolution, and it takes another hit. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Falcons are minus two against the Jets. 
Boy, that's a wolf. I think the over-under in that game is like 34. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's Iowa-like. Yeah, really. I mean, it's uh, and that, that may be high, you know, just uh, just sort of looking at it. But that's a uh, that's a tough one right there. And by the way, just quickly, and I know it was Big Ten Championship game. Is it Boyle again for the Jets? Uh, yeah, Boyle okay. again for the Jets. Yeah, they showed him going in. So they have Tim Boyle starting for the Jets, and Tommy DeVito's dad is apparently the Michael Jordan of Boiler installation. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. Apparently this no. guy is, yeah, oh, yeah, I got it. We'll, do, we'll hit it later on. <laughs> apparently the old man said he's like the Tom Brady of Boiler installers in the, wow. I guess, in the tri-state area down in New York. What a designation that is. Uh, the Dolphins are minus nine and a half against Washington. Uh, really, the key in that one is they just showed some pictures from Washington. It, it's as rainy there as it is here. So yeah. apparently a little bit of a slog. Uh, the Buccaneers are minus three against Carolina. Carolina's got somebody coaching them. I don't know who. It, I think they elevated like the special teams coach or something like that to, to take over for uh, Frank Reich. Right, because they're didn't the coordinator go too? Uh, I think so. The yeah, OC went. To, I forget his name, but I think he went too. So yeah, they must have elevated somebody. Yeah. other than him. <laughs> well, and normally the special teams coach would be the guy to do it because it's the it's kind of the last stop on the uh, you know decision train. Let's say in terms of whether you're going to punt, you're going to kick, all that kind of stuff. How do you play field position? So it's easier to put in a, a special teams coach as an interim guy. At least it seems like. I, I, for some reason, I have a little bit of memory burn that that's what they did. But who knows down there in Carolina? 49ers are three-point favorites against Philly. Uh, that's a massive game of the day. Uh, we got the Rams minus three and a half against the uh, Browns. The Chiefs are minus six against Green Bay. And then Bengals-Jaguars. Like that game. Yeah, I'm into that one, too. I think that's a, a a very good Monday night game, one that you wouldn't want to flex out of prime time, uh, for sure. Uh, no, even though there's no Joe Burrow in that one, it'll be uh, – who in the world do they got starting now? Uh, Browner or Browning. Oh, yeah, Jake Browning. Jake Browning, um, which I think, you know, yeah, obviously the Bengals would rather have Burrow in there, but uh, Lawrence has been playing very well lately, and the Bengals still have firepower even with their backup in there. It's one thing, like <laughs> – you know, Mac Jones isn't playing, so maybe as well, we don't want Bailey Zappi in primetime. No, you can have the backup in primetime. You just have to have some kind of a team around them. Uh, you had a backup in primetime last week with, uh, with uh, what's his name, in Minnesota there. So, oh, I mean, well, well, Josh Dobbs was one of the, you know, big stories until yeah. the real Josh Dobbs showed up. Exactly. That's uh, Like, these guys are normally backups for a reason. It's the, you know what I call it? Uh, well, they were desperate. I mean, they needed to bring in somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. they were. Look, they, they the injuries, clearly. But yeah. it's the way everybody hops on the train. I always call it the, uh, and, and I don't want to sound disrespectful, to a, a very solid Red Sox player and apparently a nice guy. It's the Brian Daubach rule. Ah, yes. Anytime over 350 at-bats in a year for Dauber, it was like, okay, the real Dauber started to show up. But if you limited him and put him in the right spots, the guy would rake, and you'd mm -hmm. be like, oh, my God, he should play more. And then they play him more, and you're like, ah, play him less. Yeah, get that platoon back Exactly going, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently Santa is at Gillette. Really? There's a guy on the field dressed as Santa. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if that is really Steve Burton in disguise. Might be Fourier. Who the hell knows? Trying to spice it up. And speaking of... Who's the most Santa-like person on the beat? Ooh, on the beat? Yeah, who's the most Santa-looking uh, beat mm. writer? Well... I have to think about that. Chris Price jumps to mind only because... Price isn't I, jolly enough. You know, no, like I was going to say, <laughs> I think Price could be jolly. He could be. From a look standpoint, Fearless Farinello is not on the beat anymore. He would have been a perfect Santa. Mm -hmm. um, I, that's a great question. You know Tom King? Oh, yeah, Tom, Tom King, King he's like be, 100 years old. He, he doesn't really have the facial hair for I was it, just going to say, yeah. and he doesn't seem like a jolly fellow at <laughs> all, at all. He's been wearing the same necklace with the football on it, I think, for like 20 years Probably, or something like yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, 
And I don't know him. I know you know him pretty well. Oh, yeah. Me and Ken I've go seen way him back. around forever, but yeah, I don't I know. I knew him back when he was 85. I mean, I, you know <laughs> what? I guess by Jolly, the only person really that you could put in there would be Rochi. Rochi. That's Roche's about it. The, that Rochi's the Santa. Because he, he would embrace the Santa it. The beat. You imagine dressing Foyer as a Santa and then oh, yeah. having him walk. It just wouldn't work. Rochi would sit there and ho, ho, ho all day long and not even be bothered by There's it. There's no question. Absolutely. We'll go ho, ho, hoing with <laughs> Foyer next on WEI Football Sunday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.